The morning of August 18th, 19-aught, was a memorable one to me. For two months I had had a run of bad luck. During that time I had failed to score in at least three affairs of unusual importance, and the result was a decided loss in repute, as well as great financial embarrassment. As I had a mother and two sisters to support, and knew but one way to do it, I was in a state of profound discouragement. This was before I took up the morning papers. After I had opened and read them, not a man in New York could boast of higher hopes, or greater confidence, in his power to rise by one bold stroke, from threatened bankruptcy to immediate independence. The paragraph which had occasioned this amazing change must have passed under the eyes of many of you. It created a widespread excitement at the time, and raised in more than one breast the hope of speedy fortune. It was attached to, or rather introduced, the most startling feature of the week, and it ran thus. A Fortune for a Child By Cable from Southampton A reward of $5,000 is offered by Philo Ocampa to whoever will give such information as will lead to the recovery, alive or dead, of his six-year-old daughter Gwendolyn, missing since the afternoon of August the 16th from her home in Blank-on-the-Hudson, New York, USA. $50,000 additional and no questions asked if she is restored unharmed within the week to her mother at Homewood. All communications to be addressed to Samuel Atwater, Blank-on-the-Hudson. A minute description of the child followed, but this did not interest me, and I did not linger over it. The child was no stranger to me. I knew her well, and consequently was quite aware of her personal characteristics. It was the great amount offered for her discovery and restoration which moved me so deeply. Fifty thousand dollars! A fortune for any man! More than a fortune to me, who stood in such need of ready money. I was determined to win this extraordinary sum. I had my reason for hope, and in the light of this unexpectedly munificent reward, decided to waive all the considerations which had hitherto prevented me from stirring in the matter. There were other reasons, less selfish, which gave impetus to my resolve. I had done business for the Acampas before, and been well treated in the transaction. I recognized and understood both Mr. Ocampa's peculiarities and those of his admired and devoted wife. As man and woman, they were kindly, honorable, and devoted to many more interests than those connected with their own wealth. I also knew their hearts to be wrapped up in this child, the sole offspring of a long and happy union, and the actual as well as prospective inheritor of more millions than I shall ever see thousands, unless I am fortunate enough to solve the mystery now exercising the sympathies of the whole New York public. You have all heard of this child under another name. From her birth she has been known as the Millionaire Baby, being the direct heir to three fortunes, two of which she had already received. I saw her first when she was three years old, a cherubic little being, lovely to look upon, and possessing unusual qualities for so young a child. Indeed, her picturesque beauty and appealing ways would have attracted all eyes and won all hearts, 
even if she had not represented in her small person the wealth both of the Ocampa and Rathbone families. There was an individuality about her, combined with sensibilities of no ordinary nature, which fully accounted for the devoted affection with which she was universally regarded. And when she suddenly disappeared, it was easy to comprehend, if one did not share, the thrill of horror which swept from one end of our broad continent to the other. Those who knew the parents and those who did not suffered an equal pang at the awful thought of this petted innocent, lost in the depths of the great unknown, with only the false caresses of her abductors to comfort her for the deprivation of all those delights which love and unlimited means could provide to make a child of her years supremely happy. 